Hi, I'm Lindsay Boomershine, brand manager of High Five Gear. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.high5gear.com today. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Order today and enjoy high5gear.com. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Hi, this is Norm Duke. You're listening to Above180.com with Tim Berg. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me on the Above180.com podcast is Sean Rash. Sean has 13 PBA titles and two career major PBA titles and is a nine-time Team USA member. Sean, it's Tim Berg here. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me this morning. All right, Sean. Well, you just finished up your USBC Open Championships out in Las Vegas. Currently the all-events leader sitting at 22.64. You've had some days now to reflect on your performance. Can you put into words what it means for you to shoot such uh, three consistent sets and then leave Vegas the all-events leader this year? Uh, You know, not really, to be honest. Uh, overwhelmed by just the amount of messages and uh, support from my fans and my family and, and my friends. Uh, you know, it'll sink in in, a, in about 10 days, probably more than anything once the event's over. But, uh, you know, I got the ball with a bunch of great people. Um, you know, that's what the Open Championships has always been about, is being able to bowl with friends. Uh, you know, they, they have all these crazy rules where you can't bowl with certain people now of course but my whole experience even before I turned pro and now even being a professional is bowling that event to be with some people that I enjoy being with uh, I had said that in my USBC news piece was uh, you know I don't think I'll ever bowl with a team that has a chance to win it moving forward because of the rules and uh, that, that's part of the rules but I'm more excited about being with their, you know, my friends and, and family and whatnot at these events. And so there, there's always those keyboard warriors that when they see guys like yourself take over a lead or Kyle Troop right now holding the lead for team event, their first response is, oh, look at these pros coming in and, and, um, and ruining an, an amateur event. So what's your reaction to that? Well, I paid the same $22 USBC sanctioned fee that they did. Uh, you know, I, I'm actually very surprised that there's so many pros at the top of the leaderboard because we haven't had a whole lot to bowl, um, you know, over the last month or two. You know, we had a busy beginning of the year, and 
but if you look at the top of the leaderboard, there are quite a few. and That just means the guys are practicing and staying sharp, in, in my mind. Uh, me, personally, I'm extremely shocked by how I bowled uh, because I haven't practiced a whole lot. I got in about 12 or 13 games last week with uh, my kids. Uh, we had a birthday party for my youngest on July 3rd. We had a, a 4th of July party on the 4th. Um, so I didn't practice for three days before I got there and didn't feel the, the sharpest when I arrived on Monday when we both the bowler's journal. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you got to bowl nine games. It's a sprint. Uh, the guy that was leading uh, wasn't a PBA member, it, from what I know. So uh, the number's there for both pros and amateurs. And when um, you talk about, let's talk about the condition a little bit. We'll find out in 10 or 11 days what it actually was. But where would you say, and in your experience of bowling on patterns, where would you say things were? And is there any, are there any PBA patterns you maybe can compare it to where you started throwing some shots once you got warmed up and were like, oh, this is kind of like, uh, like this pattern or that pattern? Yeah, honestly, Tim, not really. Uh, you know, when I go to the Open Championships, for the last two balls, same ball for all nine games. Um, uh, a medium asymmetric bowling ball. This year I threw a, a Honey Badger Intensity from 900 Global. Uh, you know, smooth surface, not too dull, not too shiny. Kept it in front of me. Uh, I'm guessing that, uh, you know, the team events, 39, 41 feet. Same thing with... Uh, with the doubles and singles pattern, you know, teams playing slicker than doubles and singles. And that's mostly because of uh, the lane service and the plaza is fresher and, and newer. Um, you know, the, the lane service up in the regular bowling center is a lot of play up there with open play and leagues and whatnot. So uh, the other thing, too, is, you know, I go into a building that I've had a lot of success in. Uh, you know, when the World Series of Bowling first started there, I made a lot of shows. Uh, I was number one seed in a lot of different events. Uh, unfortunately, never won any titles in that building uh, yet, but I've had a lot of success. Place that you know your ball is going to strike, uh, your swing gets a little bit looser pretty quick. Yeah, what what do you attribute that to? I mean, it seems like. Good bowlers bowl well there. Is is the way it is? Is it is it your your role going through the pins? Is there something else that maybe uh, gives you that little bit that extra hit that some of the other pros and other people aren't able to carry? Yeah, I think for me personally, is I have a very heavy end over end roll, uh, and it controls the lane front to back instead of side to side, where you, you know if your hand rotation or too much axis rotation, you you could leave some two four ten combinations. Um, I only did that once, and that was the fifth frame of game one in team where I actually missed it and threw it hard uh, on a pattern that I thought was – I had a very good ball reaction to start with the, with the team that I was bowling with from Wichita. So, um, yeah, I think I missed the pocket six or seven shots out of 90. Uh, just controlled the, controlled the lane. Uh, made my spares, took advantage of uh, one trip four and a couple messengers uh, up in the, the regular bowling center, but just a lot of fun bowling the group that I bowled with. Uh, you know, last-minute team difference change uh, to bowl with Ray Hall's group, the Hall's motor team from Wichita, which, uh, you know, I lived there for 10 years, so I knew most of these guys and, and ladies that I was bowling with. 
And then uh, the doubles and singles pairing, you know, getting a chance to bowl with Tom's son, Rory, uh, and then Sam, and then a living legend, uh, Marshall Holman, uh, just made it so much fun to, to even bowl. Yeah, one can one can imagine bowling with those guys. Now, as you're crossing with um, the other amateurs that you see around you, what's um, what are a few things that you see that amateurs do at the Open Championships that uh, that sabotage their game? Uh, you know, not. I try to focus on myself and my group of people only when I'm out there bowling. You know, I'm trying to give advice. Uh, to Rory, you know, it's his first year there, and even to the team guys of, you know, breaking the lane down and, and the pair together to uh, see that the lane open up as the day goes on. Uh, but when I watch the other amateurs or even see the scores, you know, the first thing they always say is, man, I could have bowled better. And I go, well, how many spares did you miss? And they go, yeah, I struggled that way. And I go, it's the easiest way to improve. Um, you know, for instance, there was a guy that bowled next to me to my right, uh, throws the ball phenomenal uh, and he knows who I'm talking about if he listens to this but uh, he's like I just missed too many spares I said so go home and practice your spares and when you come back you'll be 40 or 50 pins better each set and he goes man you, you just right on I go dude you throw way too good to struggle here so you know that's the biggest thing it's not the strikes uh, you know those help don't get me wrong but uh, the spare shooting is definitely the most important part uh, at the Open Championships. And when it comes to spares, the thing that we see, and we, I guess, how can someone, like you said, this gentleman, he wants to go home and practice spares. Well, even spares on a house pattern, you have a little more, more room for forgiveness. So to, does plastic help you to lose that forgiveness? Or, or how can you practice yeah. on, um, you know, yeah, because plastic, spares are more a challenge too. Sure. Yeah, plastic spare balls for sure. You know, hard and straight, you know, practice them at the end of a night of after league or, um, you know, after they haven't or before they've oiled for, you know, the whole day and the lane's beat up. Uh, and, you know, practice them all over the lane, you know, from right to left and, and left to right. And, uh, you know, just focus on that more than the, than the strike shot. All right, Sean, you mentioned one of your opens. You, you had 87 of 90 clean, if I read, uh, read your seat correctly. Is that accurate? That is correct. Okay. Yeah, two, four, eight, ten, and uh, game one, the fifth frame. Game two, I made a small adjustment, left a fast eight, and uh, I just honestly just bad shot shooting the spare. I was thinking about the first ball more than the second ball uh, on what I needed to do next and different. I threw it too hard and uh, put the four pin right around the seventh pin on the spare. Uh, that's a mental mistake, a mental error that. Uh, Unfortunately, it cost me 10 pins and probably a bracket or uh, some extra pins, of course. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things you try to you forget and move on. And then the um, – and so but so that's oh, – yeah. that probably that's proves my point, though, because that, that's, the four pin probably doesn't wrap around the 10 pin if you're bowling at home. It probably somehow def yeah. deflects right into it and you're good. Yeah, the four pin normally hits the seven pin at home because you're not thinking about it. You might be having a beer during league or whatnot, and your swing's a little looser. And you're not so uptight because you're bowling a, you know, a tournament compared to league play. So, in um, my third open, I left a three nine ten to begin singles, uh, right after bowling two sixty, throwing the last eight, and I knew I needed 
I needed 278 or nine, I think, I guess, to take the, the lead singles. But I was more focused on making the right adjustments to bowl a good game. And uh, I just made a bad shot. I moved one and two, or two and three left with my feet, one or two with my eyes, and I just threw it bad. Uh, unfortunately, I left something that's almost impossible to make, it seems like nowadays. But um, And I made a good adjustment after that. Sean, I have to mention BowlingThisMonth.com, bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips. Seeing some ball reviews down your left-hand side again, some great new equipment out there for everyone to take a look at. Also seeing some articles, the importance of proper alignment. That's a great one that we need, especially when we're bowling the USBC Open Championships. And also, speaking of Vegas, make sure you check out the Bowling This Month tournament, the BTM tournament taking place out in Vegas as well. Rick and Gail Ramsey do a great job of running that side event in conjunction with the USBC Open Championship. So make sure you stop by and say hi to Rick and Gail if you're out in Vegas and bowl the event. Again, check out everything you need all at your fingertips, bowlingthismonth.com. Also, H5G Brands, High Five Gear, another great sponsor here of the podcast. Check them out at h5gbrands.com. Make sure you use promo code ABOVE180. That will get you $20 off your first order. Use promo code ABOVE180 for $20 off your order. Everything you need all at your fingertips, dye supplemented jerseys. I just went through this process. I ordered a jersey for the Open Championships. Look sharp, look great. Everything turned out perfect with the jersey. They walked me right through the process once again. I got a mock-up of the jersey. It looked good. I gave them the thumbs up. And next thing I know, I have a dye-supplemented jersey, just like that. Again, everything you need all at your fingertips. No hidden artwork fees. Thousands of designs to choose from. H5GBrands.com. All right, Sean Rash joining me in the Above180.com podcast. Sean, you mentioned that you used all uh, you used the same ball for all nine games there. Let's talk about, though, that equipment change for you. How has that been now? You're, you're into the, the new 900 Roto and Storm gear. How has that transition been now looking back, and, and are, are, what are you liking in the lines for the listeners out there? Yeah, no, it's been great. Uh, it's been about 16, 17 months now throwing 900 Global Equipment exclusively. Uh, you know, over the last six, seven months, we've been able to incorporate some uh, Storm and Roto-Grip balls in there as well. It's been a, a life-changing experience. A lot of people said, oh, you should have done it a decade ago. But, uh, you know, I've had a lot of success. I've been able to win twice. I've made multiple shows each year so far. Um, and uh, now I put myself in a potential, you know, possibility chance of winning a USBC Eagle, which you know everyone you know dreams of. So uh, the support system is unbelievable there, uh, top to bottom. With uh, you know starting with our brand manager Matt Kabansky, and then you know West Pie who brought me over, and then the owners of course Mr. Bill and Bob Chrisman, uh, two of the best people our industry has ever had. So uh, you know I could list two tour reps as well with with Tim Mack and Jim Callahan, Sean Ryan and. The list just goes on, the, the support group that you have. And, you know, just for instance, um, you know, the best player in the world right now, Kyle Troop, a uh, young guy that's going to have uh, a huge potential for a lot of good things coming his way. But, you know, he sent me a text uh, after the second game of singles and said, hey, man, lock it in, one more good game. Um, you know, he, here he is as a competitor, uh, bold previously, uh, you know, cheering me on. You know, those things just, they go a long way. 
let's just put it that way. So, uh, and the, the messages uh, down the road, uh, Brad Angel had sent me a text uh, five frames into my last game saying congratulations, and I still needed the ball pretty good <laughs> those last five frames. So uh, it's been a it's been a remarkable switch. Uh, extremely happy with all the things that have happened and taken place and. Uh, there's a lot more to come, hopefully, with uh, the clinics and, and whatnot around the world that are going to, you know, now that the, the United States has started to open up and hopefully start traveling overseas again soon. And uh, just looking forward to building the brands of all three, uh, you know, bigger and better and, and everything. And, and more importantly, growing the game of bowling. You mentioned Kyle Troop there, and I did an interview maybe last year or thereabouts with Ron Clifton, who, who coached. Kyle in, in, when he was uh, going back years ago and I asked him the difference and what made Kyle what he was and this was even way like before he went on his his streak this year and he said he in his opinion he's he was able to to move be adjust on the lanes move left on the lanes instead of just having one game what uh, you know a, a straighter game with the two-handed delivery what is your opinion as far as what is what really are you seeing as a competitor of, of his on the PBA that that just something that light bulb that went off in his head Kyle's changed his his life and his uh, his lifestyle uh, you know he was this young kid that uh, had one trick back down in the south everyone said he was real good at throwing it real hard and and only throwing urethane and you know, he's young and he's enjoying his kid, you know, his life, you know, his youth. Uh, but he's, he's changed his lifestyle tremendously. He's working out. Uh, he's determined to be one of the best players in the world and currently in my mind is. Uh, no offense to, to Jason Belmonte or Anthony Simonson or a few other guys, EJ and Prather, but, you know, Kyle's put on a, a hell of a run and a hell of a show over the last 12 months. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm still one of the best too, but it's, it's been impressive to watch him mature uh, on and off the lanes and and go into a building with a ton of confidence. Uh, you know, a lot of people would go, oh, he's a cocky asshole. Well, that's just confidence, and you have to have that as an individual, um, especially in an individual sport. you got to go in there thinking you're going to win. So, you know, hats off to him. I know that, uh, you know, I think it was during the World Series or even the, the GSC, you know, I, I was jabbing at him about being in the gym and where he was, and he was, you know, fighting back with me on social media. And, you know, he's just trying to make everyone better, and so am I. But he, uh, he's got potential, like I said, to be one of the best uh, the game's ever seen for quite a while. And, you know, it's nice to, to have aspirations and dreams and stuff. And he's, like I said, he's changed his lifestyle to be one of the best. And, you know, hats off to him for what he's doing. Sean, my final question. You're on your way, as people can tell, heading down to uh, to Junior Gold. You're going to be, be doing some stuff down there. As this event gets back rolling after it was canceled last year, again, the right decision, in my opinion, by the USBC, but still a very challenging and tough decision for all the competitors out there. What does it say that we're back bowling and we're having these youth tournaments and, and just the sort of talent you can expect to see when you're down there in, uh, in Indianapolis and the, the way junior gold and, and people, people will say that bowling isn't what it once was, but uh, all the youth tournaments and what we see at junior gold, I, I think a lot of people disagree with that statement. Yeah, yeah, it's hard for me to talk about some of the stuff at junior gold. I think, one, it's too big. 
Uh, I hate to say that, but I say it in the fact that there's so many things going on. The logistics of, you know, the travel, the the practice and getting everything done right. That's where it's too big. I love the fact that it's so big that it gives so many kids opportunities to compete at a high level uh, and opportunities to, to meet pros up and down from the women's tour to the men's tour, uh, opportunities for scholarships and, and everything else. I think that's great. Uh, you know, but hats off to the parents, first of all, that, uh, that go through all this. Um, I, you know, I did it from 1998 to 2003 and, and mom and dad, uh, traveled with me all over the place. Um, you know, trying to make sure I was fit and ready to go. Uh, you know, booking hotel rooms and cars and uh, making sure I got from place A to place B and, and C and you name it. So, like I said, hats off to the parents that are making all this happen. But uh, I want to just say good luck to all the kids that are coming down that have already competed. They've uh, they've had a couple events already. Uh, you know, make your spares, take notes, uh, enjoy the experience. You know, meet everyone you can. I've got some lifelong friendships from this event and, and the old Coca-Cola Youth National Championships and, and World Team Challenges. Uh, I met so many people from these events. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to the registration day tomorrow. We're going to be there for, I don't know, six to eight hours signing autographs and taking pictures and and seeing the, uh, the next group of great players, both male and female and right-handed and left-handed and one-handed and two-handed. Uh, I just hope they stay youth as long as possible so they don't come up there on the tour and, and kick my butt too soon. Well, on that note, Sean Rash, always appreciate your time for joining me here today in the Above180.com podcast. All the best of luck. I know you have some PBA events coming up here uh, not in the near distant future, and uh, enjoy your time down there in Indianapolis. Yeah, thanks uh, so much. Yeah, the PBA Summer Tour starts uh, into July through August. There's five events. I know I'm excited. Uh, the tour is excited, and everyone else is ready for us to be back on the lane. So uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll talk to you later.